Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. If you're interested in getting more information about Journey Church, we have a messaging service where you can text the phrase, My Welcome to 94,000. This will help you get to know a little bit more about Journey Church. Amen. Man, I love that statement in there, new opportunities, new beginnings. Don't you? Man, I do. I love it. I don't. Maybe y'all don't, but I do. I love it, man. I love what it says. You know, hey, there's a new year, new opportunities, new beginnings. And I believe that some people are going to begin something new today. That's what I believe. You know, if you're joining us online, we're so glad you're joining us. We're in a series called Upgrade. And oftentimes when we think of an upgrade, we, we're thinking about what we get, right? We think about, hey, what, you know, what is the upgrade? What is it that I'm going to get for free? Or what is it I'm going to get that, you know, I wasn't planning on, but, you know, it's just kind of, they bumped me up. But there are times I feel like that we have a responsibility in what we bring to the table and that we have a part in being the upgrade in someone else's life or being the upgrade that God is looking for to use in someone else's life. And so I want us to talk today about us upgrading my obedience. And so let's let's talk about that. Upgrade my obedience. You know, uh, obedience is one of those things that, you know, I think in our culture, in the current climate of our culture, it's almost seen as a uh, a negative. Obedience sounds demeaning or degrading or like I'm having to follow what someone else has told me to do. Yeah, that's right. That's what it means. I don't know if y'all figured that out, but that's what it means. Obedience is following someone else's orders or kind of lining up with that. And in this day and age, oftentimes what we have is we have this, uh, you know, I've got to let everybody know that I'm unique. God created you unique. He made all of us unique. He gave us all a heartbeat. He gave us a fingerprint. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's things about us that are unique. He gives us personalities. It doesn't matter if you have identical twins. There's something different about them because we're all unique, and God does not mess up. I mean, he makes us unique. But oftentimes in this, this age of self-expression, you know, we want everybody to know that, hey, we're different than everybody else. And here's the thing, we already know that because God has already told us that. But oftentimes what we do is we say, you know what, I'm not conforming to anything. I'm not going to conform to anything. But that's not what God says is the right mentality. It may be what the world is preaching. You know, it may be what we see all around us. And it doesn't matter what side of the political line you might be on. We're saying, I'm not conforming. But God says, you know what, he blesses obedience. God is about obedience. And we'll see that in Scripture today. I mean, he's pretty clear that it's about obedience. Look at what it says here in, in the Gospel of John. This Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Obey, that's obedience. Obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. And these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And so one of the things that we need to understand is that Scripture is pretty clear. That man, that God the Father loves obedience. Jesus the Son loves obedience. And he says, hey, listen, I'll bless it. I'll bless it with my presence. I'll bless it with, you know, with blessings from above. He's going to place his Holy Spirit with, to live within us and to guide us and to teach us to line up with His Word, which is what? Obedience, right? But oftentimes what we do is we see obedience is, like I said, it's kind of demeaning and like I'm having to do what my boss says. I'm having to do what my parents say. But God's Word says that, you know, He blesses that. Let's look at a, a definition of obedience here. Obedience is defined as dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority. Now, for a lot of us in that room, when we see submissive, we see that as being condescending, negative, whatever, and we see it as, you know, I'm weaker than the other person. That's not the way it is. You know, you, there was a time whenever someone was looking at maybe giving someone a promotion, man, they follow orders well. That was a positive thing, right? 
They followed orders well. They lined up with, uh, you know, whatever the policy was or polity was, you know, and say, hey, listen, they line up. They do a good job of that, you know, and, uh, and compliance. There's compliance departments, right? And, and so here's the thing is obedience is defined as dutiful or submissive, submissive compliance to the commands of the one in authority. And so when we look at that, we have to say, you know what, God, I want to hear what you have to say. I've already heard what the world has to say. I see it all over social media. I see it everywhere out there. And God, but I know that stuff doesn't last, but I know that you last forever. I know that your word lasts forever. And God, I really want to line it with you. And so God's speaking today is not only to the believer, but to the unbeliever about obedience. And whenever we can, can get our mind around what God's desires are, then here's the thing, we begin to understand who he is. We begin to understand what he blesses. And how he wants to work in us. And what we often are told is the negative is really the channel for God's blessing. And so obedience is defined as that. So God desires obedience. God desires it. So I don't know about you, but if I say that I want to come in here and I want to worship the God of the universe. Man, I want to be obedient to him. Not just in here whenever I'm singing a few songs, but whenever I'm living out my life, I want to be obedient to his word. I want to be obedient to to love others. I want to be obedient to love Him. I want to make sure that my heart is pure. We talked about that last week in prayer. That we make sure that we come before God with a pure heart. And if His Word says, hey, this is what it requires, then I want to line up with that. And so God desires obedience. And there's a story in Samuel that we see here where King Saul has been given orders. He's been kind of given what to do. And he goes out and he does part of it. He does a little bit of it, but he doesn't do all of it. And, and, and so Samuel has to come to him and address the issue. And so here's the king of Israel. Here's, here's Saul who has been out, and he's feeling pretty good about what he's done because he did not follow all the rules, but he, he kept a few things for himself. He kept a bunch of livestock for himself. And so Samuel comes to him and says, But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. Now, we don't like that sometimes. But see, we, we know that witchcraft, man, that's, that's wicked. That's evil. But this passage says rebellion. That's rebelling against God. That is rebelling against what he's told us to do. That is being disobedient. Is as sinful as witchcraft. And stubbornness is bad as worshiping idols. Now, most of us say, man, I would never worship an idol. Man, I want to worship the one true God. But here it's saying that stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. And, and so in that passage there, Samuel is addressing this with, with Saul. And Saul's like, wait a minute. You know, I brought all this stuff back. And he said, I was obedient. And, and Samuel says, hey, listen, what's this lowing of cattle that I hear? All that was supposed to have been taken out. All that was supposed to have been destroyed. He said, well, I brought it back as a sacrifice to the Lord. He says, that's not what you were told. You're only doing a part of it. And so here's the thing, is partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Moms and dads, have you ever given your kids an assignment to maybe clean up their room? And uh, you come back in and you look at that room and you go, hey, listen, what part of uh, what I wanted you to do is not clear? And they go, hey, well, I I hung up my clothes. And you go... What about uh, taking your dirty clothes to the laundry? Or, hey, what about, you know, you're in the kitchen and you say, hey, listen, I want you guys to, you know, unload the dishwasher and I want you to load the dishwasher up with what's in the sink. And they go, okay, we got it. And then when you get back, the dishwasher's unloaded, but the sink's still full. Y'all, that ever happened to y'all? So we would say that's what? We would say that's partial 
disobedience, but it's still disobedience. And so what we just saw with Samuel and with Saul was he said, hey, I did part of it. I did part of what you told me. But oftentimes what we do, we go, hey, you know, I did, I did this part. Hey, I asked you to cut the yard. I did. But you didn't cut the backyard, you know, or hey, man, you didn't cut the front yard, or you didn't weed eat, you didn't blow it off, or whatever. And then they go, well, you know what, you're asking too much, you're demanding too much. And that's the mentality of our culture right now, I'm just telling you. And we as adults, sometimes we're no different than the kids, because we go, God, you're asking too much. You're asking way too much, God, you're asking me to get out of my comfort zone. God, you're asking me to love my neighbor who I really don't like that much. God, you're asking me to love them. God, you're asking me to love you with everything that's in me. God, I just don't, I don't know. And so what I'm saying is there are times that we go, you know what, I'm, I want to be obedient, but we'll do just enough to say that we're partially obedient, but partial obedience is still disobedience. And so we have to ask, you know, God, I want you to show me what do you desire of me? And God, what, what am I supposed to do? What are the commands that, you know, Jesus is talking about if you follow my commands, if you line up with that? And here's the thing, most of us would say, I want to be obedient to the commands of Christ, but we don't spend time in God's Word to know what those commands are. And so, partial obedience is still disobedience. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but I have asked my kids to do something, and when I get back, it's not done. And so, it's delayed obedience, it's still disobedience. They'll go, I was going to get to it a little bit later. And you're like, hey, listen, I asked you to do that before you left. And you say, well, you know, I was going to do it whenever I got back home. That's not what I asked you to do, right? And you all might go, man, living in the Mazingo household is tough. I promise you, it's not that bad. But... Here's the thing, there are expectations, and hopefully you have expectations. And you have, you have standards, or you have guidelines. Oh, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes there's a teenager mentality of clean, and then there's a parent mentality of clean. Do y'all have that at your house where like, there's two varying things? Or like maybe taking the trash out, hey, listen, when that trash can gets full, would you take the trash out? And everybody's like, yeah. But it's almost like we play this game, like how much more can we balance on top of that trash can before somebody has to take it out. Hey, listen, it wasn't falling over. It wasn't falling out. It was able to balance on there, so I didn't take it out. I figured the next person would. Y'all have that at your house. Man, I'm just telling you, it's, we, have to re, we have to reiterate the, the guidelines. Hey, guys, you have responsibilities here, too. You know, when you live here, you have responsibilities. And I don't know if you cover this with your kids, or maybe you're an enabler parent where you just want them to just not have to worry about anything, but I think that is messed up. And I think that we have to say, hey, listen, there's responsibilities. I think that God says the same thing to us. There are certain things that you need to be obedient to. He's faithful, right? But are we faithful? Are we obedient? Do we follow through? And so that's what I'm saying. Maybe there's times whenever we bring something to the table that we go, you know what? It's time for me to raise the bar in my obedience to God. That I upgrade what I bring to the table. Instead of bringing, you know, delayed obedience or, you know, partial obedience, I bring obedience and so here's the thing is obedience obedience is obedience but look at this here do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says and then look at this next one obedience is obedience obedience is obedience instead of hey let me figure out how i can get through a loophole here let me figure out how i can change this to you know for and leverage this in my favor because you just go hey god this is what you say god this is what i'm going to line up with and maybe and i would say this to some of the students in here with your parents, instead of always negotiating your side, what if you say, you know what, God, I want to honor my parents because your word says I ought to. And I'm, I'm going to line it with what mom and dad say. I'm, I'm going to do what they say. I want to honor them. And therefore, by honoring them, God, I honor you. God, I'm, I'm going to do not just what is enough to maybe get by, 
but I'm going to do what I was asked to do. And all of a sudden, it begins to set a tone in the house. And I'm just telling you, mom and dads usually want to bless. The, that's what God says. Hey, but I want to bless the obedience. I want to bless the obedience. Look at what it says here in Romans. Romans 6. It talks about being dead to sin and alive to Christ. I mean, oftentimes we hear people talk about grace. And I love grace. I love God's amazing grace. But too often, what we do is we, we use grace to justify our sin. And that's what's being addressed here. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Paul says, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? He said, hey, listen, man, we are the people who have died to sin. We're those who have put our faith in Christ. We have died to sin. How can we continue to live in, you know, in, in sin and then just claim God's grace whenever God has brought conviction? And he said, hey, listen, I want you to take a step in the right direction, but yet we're being disobedient. And so here Paul is addressing it in Romans, that we don't abuse grace. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In other words, we died to some things. You know, whenever Jesus said, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going down to defeat hell, to defeat death, to defeat the grave, to defeat it all. You know, so whenever we're baptized, and baptism is a step of obedience, right? It's one of the first steps of obedience. But yet, for some reason, there are so many times whenever we become afraid. We go, hey, man, I want to get saved. And we see lots of people that will raise their hands and say, man, I, I just asked Christ to come into my life. They'll even indicate it on a card, but it's that next step of obedience. And so it's like, man, I want partial obedience. No, no, Jesus wants you to follow him in believer's baptism. Paul is addressing it here. Man, when we're baptized, we're baptized into his death. We're, we're, we're literally signifying and symbolizing that. We're going, man, I'm dying to this old way of living. I'm dying to this flesh. I'm dying to my old mentality. I'm dying to what the world says. And I want to live for Christ. Look what it says in this next passage. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. In other words, we are to live a new life. And, and, and going through the waters of baptism today, in just a few minutes, we've got someone who's going to go through the waters of baptism. And what they're doing is they're wanting everybody to know, you know what, man, I was lost. And man, I found Christ. I have been saved. I have been reborn. I have been redeemed. And I want everybody to know that Christ lives in me. And, and I'm letting everybody know. I'm going public with that. And I'm following the steps of obedience. I'm following these steps of obedience. What did Jesus command us to do? What are some of the things? Because oftentimes that comes up. Hey, what did Jesus command us to do? If I want to be obedient, I need to know what he says, right? So what did Jesus command us to do? What, what are the commands? And oftentimes we go, hmm, I don't know. But if we're going to be obedient, we've got to line up with it. We've got to know, hey, what does God want us to be obedient to do? And one is to love the, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. So love God with everything that you've got, right? Love God with everything. Love, love Him with everything you've got. Not just a little bit on Sunday. Hey, I'll give Him just a little bit. Not just, hey, whenever it's popular and when everybody else is around and, you know, we uh, that claim to be believers, then we kind of really, hey, man, I love God. But no matter where you are, man, you love God with everything you've got. Everything. And so as we love God with, with everything that we've got, we're lining up with the command of Christ because someone tried to trick Jesus. Remember, they said, hey, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? He said to love God with everything you've got. Everything. Every, every ounce of your fiber. He said, hey, listen, the second one's just like it. You've got to love your neighbor as yourself. And when he's talking about the neighbor, he's not talking about believers. He's not talking about other followers of Christ. He's talking about your neighbor who may not know Jesus, right? And so we're to love them. And oftentimes we see how they live and we go, man, I can't stand them. You know, they're corrupt or whatever. Here I am, a believer over here. 
But Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's a command. So ask yourself, do I love God with every ounce of my fiber? Do I love God with everything that he's given me? Do I love him? Do I really love him? Or do I just want him to bless me? Or do I just want him to take care of me, to protect me? But do I really love him? Do I love my neighbor? And then here's another one. Love one another. Now that's talking to believers. You think about all the, split, uh, the church splits that have taken place through the ages. Think about all the denominations that you know, don't like each other or dislike each other or whatever. And, and so Jesus commanded that the church, the believers, the followers of Christ would love one another. Now let me just say this. I understand if there's a false doctrine, a false teaching that has taken place, then you are to rebuke that, yes. But if we line up on the key things, on the things that matter, on, the, you know, on, on those, those key doctrinal issues, then here's the thing. The church ought to love each other and be each other's biggest cheerleaders. Rather than when a church, you know, starts in an area and somebody goes, you know, what are they doing here? You know, we got this place covered. You ought to go, you know what, man? Hey, I hope you're more successful than we are. I hope you catch more fish than we do. I hope that you make a difference like nobody else, you know, around. And we pray for one another. So churches should be praying for one another, not being jealous of one another. And believers, as believers, man, we ought to pray for each other's, you know, ministries and, and lives to be blessed. So Jesus said, love one another. Man, don't look around and... And begin to judge and begin to rip apart the body of Christ. But he says, if anything, love one another. It's a command. We're to love one another, to be obedient to that. Here, here's another tough one. Pray for our, your enemies. We're to pray for our enemies. We're to pray for the people that hate us the most. And maybe those are unbelievers. Maybe those are crazy people out there who hate Christianity. But if anything, we are to be praying for them. So if we want to be obedient to what Jesus has told us, we ought to be praying for our enemies. Praying for them. Asking God to, to change their heart, to draw them close, uh, to give us an opportunity to share the hope that we have. And so we should be praying for them. Here's another one. To repent. Repent means, man, if I've been living in a certain way, man, I become broken over that. I become convicted over that. And that we repent of that. We turn. And if I've been walking in this way and the way that I've been living has been honoring the world and honoring Satan, I want to repent, I want to quit, I want to turn, and I want to walk in this direction. And I want to live in a way that honors God. I want to glorify Christ. And so Jesus commands us, hey, to repent, man, to turn from our sins. Quit justifying it like we read the passage earlier. But if anything, to be broken over our sin, not sin so that grace may increase, but if anything, to be broken over it, to be convicted about it, and to repent of that sin. And not just play games with God. You know, I mean, there are times we play games with God. With God, I'm, I'm sorry about this sin. And then the next day we do the same thing. With God, I'm sorry about this sin. We go, you're just playing games. But repentance is brokenness over our sin and it's turning to God and saying, God, I want what you have. I desire to know you and to make you known. Here's another one. Jesus commands us to take up our cross and follow me. That is obedience. Take up the cross. Take up the burdens of this life. Realize, you know what, there may be, there may be things that happen and there may be persecution. But he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. And so we're to take up our cross. We're to be clear that, you know what, we, we are believers. We're followers of Christ. He says, and follow me. And so we're, we're to be obedient again, right? We're to let people know, you know what, we're followers of Christ. We're going to follow him. Realize there's going to be persecution. Realize there's going to be times that we won't be asked to certain parties. We may be left out. And there's, there's times whenever we're at work and everybody begins to laugh at a certain joke, you know that under conviction you've got to walk away from that. And say, hey, guys, man, I just I can't be a part of that. And they think you're a goody two-shoes, but you get an opportunity to say, well, let me tell you why. And so we're to take up our cross and, and, and bear it daily. Look at this next one. 
pray always. We're to pray. Man, we're to be praying. Where prayer is like breathing. When we see people, that person cuts you off instead of, you know, wanting to shoot their tires out, you begin to pray for them. Say, God, you know, I don't know where they're going. They're in a hurry. Lord, maybe they maybe they get into the hospital. I don't know what it is, but God, you begin to pray for them. That'd be a change for some of you, wouldn't it? That'd be a real change, right? All of a sudden, you're obedient to pray. You pray for the church. You pray for the kingdom of God to be expanded. You pray for, for, for believers to, to be obedient to share their faith. You begin to pray regularly. Like I said, you know, we've got a great prayer team here that prays. Man, they're praying during the service. They prayed before the service. They're praying. And, and so I would just say, you know, what if, what if instead of just a, a team of people, what if we had, you know, an entire church that prayed regularly throughout the day? Maybe they set up, you know, a reminder. Their, their watch goes off and they look down and go, you know, time to pray for five minutes and they pray. And they, they find that time to pray and they begin to lift up certain things, you know, that are going on in the church. Maybe they're going on in our community, going on in our nation. And we pray. We're obedient to do that. And here's one of the great ones. He says, go make disciples. That's, that's marching orders. Those are marching orders for the church. And too often what we do is we go, man, I, I agree with that, but I'm not really a part of that. And if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you are to be a part of that. And maybe you haven't been obedient to to literally to share the good news. Maybe you haven't been obedient to, to, to lead someone to Christ. Maybe you haven't been obedient to, to make a disciple. Well, maybe today is the time you say, you know what, time to change that. Time, something's got to give. And God, I want to be obedient to, to, to going in, to the Great Commission, to go and make disciples. And, and maybe you think, hey, well, our church does that, so I'm good. No, no, no. As individuals, this is a message to every believer. Let's look at what it says here in Matthew. It says, Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. He says, I am the one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. So here's Jesus going to, through, through the waters of baptism. That's part of the Great Commission, right? So Jesus is modeling this. Jesus is literally being a part of this. And, and so we see that he agrees. So John agrees to baptize him. So Jesus is going through this. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who, who, who brings me great joy. Now, this is what I love. So when Jesus is baptized, he, he's a part of that great commission. He's establishing it. He's setting the standard. And so he's, he's setting something for us. And so I want you to kind of think about this. Today, we've got people that are going through the waters of baptism in both services. And there may be some of you in this room that you've never followed even in this, this step of obedience. Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe today is the day of salvation. Maybe you're watching online and you've never been saved. Or you've never followed Christ in believer's baptism. For whatever reason, Satan has been able to hold you at bay and maybe keep, keep you distracted or keep you discouraged. Or you just think, you know what, I'm just not ready. But yet God is saying, hey, it's a step of obedience. So Jesus goes through the waters of baptism. We see that. And it even says in there that it's a step of obedience. So when we are baptized, here's the thing. We identify with Jesus Christ. So when we baptize, when we are baptized, we identify with him. You know, this past week I saw a, a couple of places where people had kids that were, that were enlisting in maybe the Air Force or the Army or whatever it might be. And what they were doing is they were, they were swearing, you know, took an oath, you know, that they were going to be uh, obedient, if you will. And they were going to line up with uh, everything that was, was given to them through that branch of the military. But here's the other thing, too. They were identifying with them. And, and so, like, there's a reason that whenever we see certain 
military people, we can say, you know, that's Air Force or that's Marines or that's the Navy or that's the Army. You know, and so we're able to see them. We are able to identify what branch they are. There's certain insignia and things on them that allow us to know even what their rank might be. And so those things are done to identify them and to identify them, you know, as to what they do or what their rank might be. Maybe not what their job is, but sometimes you can. And, and so we identify with Christ through baptism. So it's not something we should be ashamed of. It's something we ought to be excited about. And if anything, we start telling everybody, hey, listen, my kid just went public with their faith in Christ. You know, and we celebrate that like we would them joining a military branch. But whenever we are baptized, we identify with Jesus. Look at this passage here. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. I love that. I love that. Look at this. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, whenever we put on the, the clothes, if you will, of Jesus, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic background you come from. It doesn't matter what your, you know, your, what your history is, your family history might be. It doesn't matter if you were in prison. It doesn't matter if you've never been in prison. But we are all one, and we become the body of Christ. And so whenever we put those clothes on, we identify with Christ. So when we're baptized, we're letting everybody know, man, hey, I, I'm one of these guys. I'm, I'm part of the body of Christ. I'm part of the church. Look at this next one here. When we're baptized, here's a, here's a good one here. We follow Jesus' example. We just got through reading in Matthew where Jesus went through the waters of baptism, right? He went there. He was baptized. You know, and, and you might say, well, why would Jesus have to do that? He set the tone. He is our leader. And if we're going to say that I'm a follower of Christ and I've got to follow him, in, in baptism, I've got to follow him in obedience. And, and so whenever we follow the, the example of Christ, we're a follower of Christ. So we follow Jesus' example. Here's another one. There we go. We follow Jesus' command. We follow Jesus' command. When we are baptized, we follow Jesus' command. And so here's what Jesus said in, in that same passage of Matthew. He said, but Jesus said, it should, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Like I said, John's kind of putting up a little bit of a fight. He's like, wait a minute. You're the son of God. I'm just a messenger. I'm just the one preparing the way. You should be baptizing me. And, and, and all of us, with any kind of, you know, kind of sanity, we would say, you know what? John's probably right. But Jesus said, hey, listen, man, I want to line up with what the Father says. And what the Father says is you're to baptize me. And so whenever we see that and we go, you know what? I want to go through the waters of baptism. We're following the command that Jesus established. The example that he established and the command that he established. Baptism is not essential for salvation. This is a, a huge statement. Baptism is not essential for salvation, but it is essential for following Jesus Christ. Baptism is not essential for salvation. There's some people who say, you have to be baptized. Man, you better hurry up and go get baptized. Or, but that becomes works. So we're, we're saved by faith, right? We're by faith in what Christ has done. We're saved by God's amazing grace, that He offers grace to us. He shows mercy to us. Whenever we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. But here's the thing is, if we're going to follow Christ, then baptism is essential. Baptism is important. Baptism is a step of obedience. And, and, and so God is God is saying, hey, listen, I, I want you to follow Him. I want you to trust Him. I want you to do what He does. And so when we look at that and we go, you know what? If I'm going to really follow Christ, then I've got, got to go through the waters of baptism. Here's the other thing. We go public with our faith. We've already talked about identifying with Him so that we, we look like 
Jesus. We, we've, got, we've kind of followed that example. But it's also important that we go public with our faith, that we let everybody know where we stand. You know, there's times you just have to take a stand. There's times you just got to be willing to say, you know what, I want everybody to know where I stand. And I want to line up with Jesus. You're going public. There's a great passage here. I love this passage. Many of you guys know this one. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and the Gentiles. Think about what it says. I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I know most of us in this room say, well, I'm not really ashamed of it. But our actions indicate that we are. And our lack of action indicates that we're ashamed of it. We don't speak out maybe whenever there's a little bit of persecution or a little bit of pressure. I think about the, the, the missionaries and some of the people that live in foreign lands where it could literally cost them their life to share the gospel. They don't hold back. Let me be wise about how they do that. Now, I think back to years ago, I think I've shared a story many times where a missionary came and spoke at a church that I was at to a group of young boys. And he was talking about in China, there was an underground church that he was a part of. And, and he said, uh, he said, you know, there was a, there was a, be a meeting that would take place. And the only way that you knew where the meeting was at was a guy would wear a certain ring. And he would wear that ring and someone would see the ring and they would know to ask where the location was going to be where, where the church would meet, the underground church of, of China. And all of us were like, were you, not, were, you not, were you afraid to wear that ring? He said the greatest honor was to wear that ring. To let people know where the hope was at. To let people know where the gospel was at. To let people know how they could become a part of that. And so when we're going public, you know, we've got to be willing to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. I'm not ashamed to be a Christian. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and the Gentile. Look at this next part. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. It's not by works. So baptism is not how we get there. Baptism is the outward expression of what God has already done inside. As the Scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And then look at this, this next one here. When we're, bat, we're baptized, we fulfill a part of the Great Commission. The Great Commission, like I said earlier, if we want to be a church that's about the Great Commission, then we're going to be about making disciples. But it's not just the church. You've got to have that mentality as well. Say, so, you know what, I want to be about making disciples. I want to be about reaching the lost. I want to be about seeing people baptized. I want to be about the Great Commission. So let's read this. This is out of Matthew. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's for every one of us to be about. Not, not, hey, not let's just hope the church gets it done. We each have to be about that. One of the reasons that we are so big on life groups is we want life groups to take place where people are sitting around the Word of God and they're being made into disciples. They're being equipped. They're being prepared. They're being sent out. And here's the thing. Once they learn how to do that, they go out and do the same thing. And that's how the, that's how the church explodes Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. There's obey again. There's obedience again. The Great Commission, the marching orders for the church, the marching orders for every believer. And it says what? Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. It's important for us to understand that we have a responsibility to maybe upgrade our obedience. And say, God, I'm tired of just talking talk. But God, I really want to do more. I want to be obedient. I'm not doing it to earn anything. I'm doing it because I love you. I'm doing it because I want to be obedient. God, I'm doing it because you tell me to. 
And I trust you completely. Maybe some next steps that you ought to take today is number one is to accept Christ by faith. Maybe you're watching this and you go, man, I've never put my faith in Christ. I've been been to church. I've been raised in church. But you've never accepted Christ. Maybe you're watching online. You've never accepted Christ. Let today be that day where you put your faith in Christ. Where you accept Jesus. It's by faith. You might think, well, I've got to get good enough. Nope. You'll never be good enough. None of us are. It's not even by obedience that we get salvation. It's by faith that we're saved. Obedience begins when we begin to follow Him. Step by step. Day by day. Trusting Him. Leaning into Him. Believing Him. And being obedient to His Word. And so maybe for you today it's to accept Christ by faith. Here's another step. To follow Jesus Christ by faith that is expressed in obedience. There are many of you in this room, you've already put your faith in Christ. But today it's time to say, you know what, I'm going to follow Christ. I want to be obedient. I'm tired of hearing what this world has to say about self-expression. And I've got to to be different. And I don't need to let anybody tell me what to do. I need to line up with God's Word and let Him tell me what to do. It may not be popular, but here's the thing I'm telling you, it's the best. He has your best best interest in mind. He wants to do incredible things in you and through you. And I promise you, He will bless you. There'll be a peace that you can't get any other way. And then here's, a, here's another one. To go public with my faith in Christ by believer's baptism. Let me tell you what we planned today. We planned an opportunity for you to respond and to be baptized. If you're watching online, then you can respond by text because we want you to take that step today. But oftentimes, and I'm just telling you, we see this often, often in the church. Someone will raise their hand and say, man, I, Mike, I, I prayed to receive Christ. Someone will indicate it on a card, I pray to receive Christ, but they never take that next step of obedience. So we have, we have some teams that are in place. We've got clothes, we've got bathing suits, we've got towels, we've got everything. They're coming down to the, the, the side right over here, and they're ready to meet you guys and, and say, hey, listen, come on up. You might say, well, you know, they probably don't have my, my size. I bet we do. we got a lot of different sizes up there. They're right over here. Y'all wave your hand, y'all hold up. they got clothes right there. Now, if you're online... You know, you might want to come on down to the church for the next service. We'll take care of that. But I'm just saying, so we've got a team right here that's ready to help you eliminate an excuse and take the next step. And so we've got someone that's going to be baptized. You've got an opportunity to join them. And it's time to say, you know what? It's time to be obedient and stop making excuses. And so in just a minute, the, the praise team is going to come out and they're going to, they're going to lead us through a song. But as soon as, you st- as soon as you stand up, as soon as you straighten your legs... If you've never followed Christ in believer's baptism, I want to encourage you to take that step. I want to encourage you to get up, walk over here, meet them. They'll take you upstairs. They'll walk you through everything. We've got pastors that are backstage to be, be ready to, to answer any questions, but they're going to walk you through the waters of baptism. So I want to ask everybody, if you would, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here and you've never followed Christ in believer's baptism, and you say, Mike, I'm a believer then be obedient today. Be obedient. Take that step. You know, this is out of your comfort zone. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Just say, Jesus, I trust you. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. Maybe you're here and you've never put your faith in Christ. Maybe you're watching online and you've never accepted Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. You've never asked him to forgive you. You've never repented of your sins. You've never surrendered your heart to Jesus. Then let that be your decision today. Right where you're at, you say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you can save me. 
I believe you can change me. And I'm asking you, if you will, to come into my life, to come into my heart, to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me, and to put me on a path that leads to righteousness, that leads to you. Jesus, will you teach me how to live for you? And his answer is yes. So if you just put your faith in Christ, please let us know. If you're here in this room, if you just ask Christ to come into your life, you just accepted Jesus by, by faith, if you would, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Just say, Mike, I just asked Christ to come into my life. I asked him to save me. And I'm just telling you, if he did, the next step is to go with these guys and to go be baptized. Go be baptized. Take that first step of obedience. And, man, I'm just telling you, you will be on the track, moving in the right direction. Father, I pray that you'd bless this time of invitation. And, God, as this song begins, God, I pray that whoever is sitting here that has never taken a step of obedience, God, that you would give them the courage, the boldness to get up and to walk and, and, and follow you in believer's baptism. God, I pray for the next service. I don't know who's coming today, God, but I believe that you're going to have somebody here who needs to take that step. And so, God, I'm praying it would be a day of new beginnings for some people. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for providing the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. And, God, thank you that you give this open invitation for us to respond to you by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.